this is Kelly from Small Town America, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, this is Sarah from Sydney, Australia. And this is Life, the World and Everything in Between, the podcast where we discuss our lives. And everything that exists in that world, 15,000 kilometers, 9,600 miles in between. Except that I am in Peru right now, Cusco, so we are only 8,100 miles <laughs> apart now. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to know you're a smidgen closer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I thought it would be easy for you to fly to, well, I mean, no, I don't mean today, but it would be <laughs> easy for you to fly to South America from Sydney. Interesting. It's not something I've looked up, even though Machu Picchu is somewhere that I dream of going one day. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was never on my radar, but somehow I ended up here. But that's okay. So, yeah, this is episode 10. (laughs) Yeah. And we are recording this on October 3rd after a futile attempt for a second. (laughs) Yes. Yep. We did try yesterday. It New is, hotel. Uh, better? Um, marginally. <laughs> there is a little bit of a delay, so we'll do our best. Um, I'll try not to jump in when I think you've finished talking and you haven't. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds fair. So let's yeah. start at the beginning. How did mm-hmm. your week go? But my week was great. I wrapped up some work a part-time job that I started at the end of last year and it had not really been fulfilling me it was a a lot more stress than the actual work itself the work was easy I enjoyed it Um, but the the people I was working with made it a lot more energy intensive than it really needed to be so I wrapped that all up this week which was super exciting I feel happier and lighter and yeah really excited about what that now creates space for and knowing very consciously even though I tried not to I know I know in myself that between that and my other part-time job you know my business was taking second priority and despite my best efforts for it not to do that it did and so I'm really excited about now it becoming you know a higher priority again which is you know it's what I love doing and I feel like the timing has gotten a little bit better here in Australia now as well and who knows it's all sorts of chaos in Southeast Asia which is uh, where I also work with clients so we'll see what happens there um, what's whoa, 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 what's the chaos in Southeast Asia? I haven't heard anything. Oh, like no, no additional chaos to normal. Just um, you know, in and out of lockdowns, and you know, like I can talk. We're still in a really, really, really long lockdown here in Sydney, but I feel like we've got some steps out of that now. Whereas I don't have as much visibility over what's going on in Southeast Asia as Sam Reap, where I was living before. I've just come out of a super strict lockdown to a restricted kind of movement thing and yeah it's just it's just interesting times there's a lot of uncertainty and you know that then affects people being able to do business especially when it comes to something like changing how they operate to become more environmentally right. friendly <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I yeah. 
Yeah, but I had a really great um, coffee meetup um, for PFC on Saturday and it's just got me really excited and, and thinking about, you know, some of the programs I developed last year but that didn't really um, hit the mark because of the, the oncoming of the pandemic but that maybe now the timing is right. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And the weather's well, been better. I think, <laughs> well, the weather is always important. But I think... Mm-hmm. The idea that people see a light at the end of the tunnel gives people more personal permission to go out and do something like an online training class or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Like I know our lockdowns were kind of different timing, but no matter how much when we were locked down, I wanted to do something of what happens tomorrow and are we here a month are we here three months uh-huh. you know i i moved forward on a lot of things but it was so hard not knowing what that end result was going to be right yeah the the haziness of it all and i i think you know to a degree we're going to be dealing with that for quite some time yet but it feels different this year to what it did last year that's that's my that's you know for me I don't know how it is yet, well, for you as well, but other people it may not be so, but that's certainly how I feel. I think it feels lighter. Yeah. I think it feels, you know, I mean, I'm on a, a trip, so that's different for me. I but. know, and that's amazing and so cool because that does really show to me, <laughs> who's still in lockdown, that you're travelling. It's so wonderful and it gives me so much hope. So... Great segue. Tell us about what's been going on this week. (laughs) Okay. So I just got into Cusco today. Cusco is in the Sacred Valley, but it's the highest altitude of the cities. So I was concerned about altitude sickness. So I sort of rerouted myself. And this is my last stop before I go back to Lima on let's go with Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't have a lot of time here, but this was the fun part. I did that build a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. flew to Cusco with a group of people, but we went our separate ways. And I got in today and literally as soon as I turned on my Wi-Fi in my hotel room, they were going back and forth like, hey, a couple of us are at this bar, we're here to lunch. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. So I got to go meet them at the bar and then I went and had them. And there were six of us at lunch. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was really nice to see them. There's a couple people that left today. So there were a total of seven people still here. There's mm-hmm. four that'll be here tomorrow. So I'll see them again tomorrow for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they all take off tomorrow night. One guy I think is staying, but I don't know if I'm arrangements. But so it's been nice to kind of you know, catch up with somebody in person. Yeah. <laughs> and they all they all hiked the Inca Trail for four days. So oh, even though we both ended up at Machu Picchu, I was Thursday night, Friday morning. They were there Friday night, Thursday, Saturday morning. Okay. Um, but we had completely different experiences because they did do the hike the whole way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to find out more about that at another time. Um, that sounds so but it's good. good. 
I the yeah. first thing I did after lunch was find the Starbucks. Right, it was right on Yay. the square. Yeah. So that made me very happy. Absolutely. Um, Cusco looks like a great town. I'm gonna explore more tomorrow. I have some things on my list, and I'm there's two ruins that I want to go see Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of I still have eight days left, but that's so cool. <laughs> Right, that's longer than most people's vacation that I still have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely, my suitcase broke today, so like the whole zip flew out. So I have to go buy a suitcase at some point before I fly to Lima. So -hmm. you know, little things like that. Mm -hmm. You are the intrepid traveler. (laughs) I'm trying. You know, it feels really good. You know not to be negative Nelly here, but the last two international flights I took, I had to like escape for lack of a better word. So, okay. Explain that more. Yeah. Well, okay. So last year I was in Australia at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was there for that escape. Right. (laughs) And had to rush, rush out of Australia. And we weren't sure if we were going to make it or if I was going to make it. And Uh yeah, that was all time ago. And then, I mean, I did have that uneventful trip in Australia. But then in late 2018, living in Bali and Mm. got my medical diagnosis, we had to rush me out of the country Mm -hmm. to get back to the States. So I guess your other trips have been within the U.S., right? So not overseas. Since... I mean, since, I went to California. Since you went to Australia, the, yeah, you went to California, right. you went to New York. Yeah, you this sh- is the first time I've left the country. Yeah, oh, so, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So it feels, you know, I feel good. I, I feel like I know what I'm doing again. There's things that I forgot, like I was brushing my teeth with the tap water for like the first four or five days I was in Peru. And I couldn't figure out why right. I was sick. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Well, That's what I, well, I, I was. <laughs> and then I'm okay, like, all I'm right, sorry. no tap water. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then something else, something else happened that I completely, like, once I, I walked through it, I'm like, oh, wow, I know how to do this. Like, it's, mm. I don't know if I was arranging a trip or something like that, but I was doing something and, and I just couldn't remember how to do it. If that's, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I haven't been able to leave the 5K radius around my house, so I'm mm. sure I'm going to be experiencing a lot of that uh, down the track. I actually started thinking about travel myself again this week. Um, Tell me what you're thinking not, about. Not far, no. So I've got, <laughs> I've got a friend. I've got two friends in countryside New South Wales, one in Gloucester and one in Wagga. So these are both whoop whoop, absolutely. Uh, So very doable by train or by, you know, a few hours in a car. I don't know exactly how long. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, the weather's better because both friends had said, come on out. I'm "I'm not going out there in winter. You're crazy. Um, And then, then of course, we went into lockdown. I'm like, oh, I can go visit them now. And then I'm like, no, I can't because we're still in lockdown. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Hopefully soon, yeah. Hopefully soon, because you guys rolled out kind of a 
semi-open schedule, right? Yeah, so hopefully that stays because then also our premier's been forced to resign. So we'll Your premier is in like your president or your premier is in like your governor of your state? Like our governor of our state, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the, the boss lady of New South Wales uh, has been forced to resign. And I don't think they can backpedal what she rolled out. I hope not. But, you know, it's also like, okay, the person who steps in next, what are they going to do? Yeah. it's uh, Well, maybe they'll be a little timing. looser. <sighs> don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's something I have noticed and I do find this very interesting when I have conversations with other Australians, but I, I do really feel like since coming back to Australia, and yes, this has been, you know, crazy times, but it's very conservative here. We have this reputation for being, you know, laid back beach bums, but it's very, it's very right. conservative. So that's been really interesting to observe at having been away and come back. Mm. Thought process when I've left my country and gone back to it. Mm. Like I've never mm-hmm. not, maybe I have and just, it's not hitting my mind at this point. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go I ahead. mean, and also I was I was away for five years, so. True. Um, it's a long. Different. I was not out of the country. Time. Yeah. You're- and I only visited once in that whole time. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't I think, think I you know, Maybe that. the contrast you know- is more stark. Tommy, who owns the White Rabbit, the coffee shop I always go to, he closed the coffee shop this weekend to go to Kentucky, where he hasn't been to see everybody in 10 years. Well, I don't know his whole story. There's nobody there, and he's just going to visit. But it also raised the question is, how do you own a business for 10 years and you have to close it for the weekend? You don't have staff yeah. that can run it for two days? Yeah, that's like, That was a whole, we don't have to go yeah. down that path today. But what? Uh, let's not go day down the yeah. white rabbit hole. <laughs> but I do want to go down a different path. So okay. I had mentioned that I'm in Cooper right now, but up until this morning, I was in a town called Alentiambo. I think that's how you say it. And I was okay. staying at this adorable little hotel, and I wanted to tell you some of the things that the hotel was doing there. Yes, and kind please. of get your take on it waiting to hear because you you sort of alluded that you had some stories yeah (laughs) right by the train station so i took the train to machu picchu so i stayed there before and after and that was perfect Mm -hmm. but they had it was this adorable like with the stucco walls and the brick ceilings and everything and then they had this huge garden and then if you kept walking through the garden they had an organic farm out back and that's all the food they use it in their restaurant. So they made homemade pasta and then their salads and everything was everything that they grew out back, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. In the rooms, they had one small garbage, I don't want to say garbage can, but one small receptacle that was clearly marked organic. Mm-hmm. And then they had another small rattan you know, receptacle that said non-organic or plastics, which I thought was really great. 
They had reusable water bottles and it was really good filtered water. And they had ice for me with filtered water. That was really exciting. And they had the the shampoo and soap dispensers on the wall, shower Mm -hmm. that were refillable. And they also had, since they were right at the train station, they had a little coffee shop. So if you were getting on the train, you could order stuff there. So they did have takeaway cups, but mm-hmm. they were clearly marked biodegradable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I just thought they did, you know, they did a really, didn't take your towels, which I always, I have an issue. I, I don't mind using a towel more than one day. So if I just wash mm-hmm. my hair and then they just grab the towels to wash them, that seems so wasteful to me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my so bugbears too. Right. They didn't grab the towels. They made my bed, but I know they didn't change my sheets every day, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. Mm-hmm. But I just thought they, of all the places I've been, they did a lot of good things for the environment and made it clear that the goal was. Yeah. Amazing. So good. So good. So I know that you have worked a lot with different hotels around mostly Southeast Asia. So what when you start working with the hotel, what's the first thing that you talk to them about? Yeah, I mean the real low-hanging fruit is the starting point, and that's the the five most common single-use plastics, which doesn't even get into the detail of, it, of what some of what you've just described. Um, but really, like if you're like starting at the absolute beginning, um, the biggest, most consumed in the world and most wasted single-use plastic items are things like water bottles, um, water bottles, straws, takeaway containers, coffee cups, and plastic bags. So to alleviate those top five and not use them anymore, or as in your example, they've tried to find the best possible single-use option for the coffee that's available knowing that they're in a tourist location and people are leaving never to come back so it's not like they can borrow a cup um right so hopefully hopefully people will travel with their travel mugs and you know well, reduce that I as will, well i think let's keep in mind we're still in a pandemic here too absolutely so i have yeah. a feeling that i could have given him my cup to do an iced tea if it wasn't a pandemic Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I will also say that the first thing they asked is if they could use, like, if I was staying in the coffee shop, if they could use one of their cups. Oh, great. Oh, so, I love that. So they that. didn't assume yeah. it was takeaway. They assumed you yes. were staying. Oh, I, I think, what a, oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I need to do a, a video on them and then, like, show that in my trainings. <laughs> This is how you do it because a lot of it does come down to how you position it and how you communicate. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, one of my other really big things is it's not just about going, oh, hey, get rid of this single-use plastic. Like it needs to be a team effort. Everybody needs to feel a sense of involvement. Uh, And that's why I do training with, with teams because it gets everybody on the same page. Everyone works together. They all contribute ideas. They talk about how they're going to communicate with their guests. And then from my experience, success is inevitable. So once they do that, so you go in, you train them, 
they get rid of the top five single-use plastics, where do you go from next? Because obviously you want to still engage them. Yeah, so, well, then it depends on, um, yeah, it depends on what, what their current practices are. So I would normally go in prior to training and get a bit of a view on what they're purchasing, how they're managing their waste, what is their energy consumption like. I find it particularly effective when I get to stay at the hotel because then I can see what are, how are they treating their guests? What is their normal thing? So the time time and again, I've walked into a hotel room and you're like, all the lights are on, like every mm-hmm. single light is on. So like understanding those kind of things. From chatting with cleaning staff over the years, I know that it's a tendency that they'll go in to clean the bathroom. First thing before they do anything is they'll flush the toilet. Then they'll get on with the cleaning. Uh, then they'll wash the toilet. Then they'll flush it again and maybe again. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, up to half a dozen times that they're flushing the toilet. So then we can start to build a picture of, okay, how do we minimise water wastage? How do we minimise it? Do you need to have seven lamps and the overhead lights on when a guest comes in or are a couple of lamps sufficient? Or do you have a timer so that they can hit, you know, an overall control button as they walk in the door or a sensor that then sets everything off and it's like, hi, you're here. Welcome, because that that sense of welcome and walking into a hotel room. I mean, for me, I, I love hotels and that is magic. However, I quickly then go to, ah, how long has these lights been on? <laughs> Why is the air conditioner on 18 yeah. degrees and freezing? <laughs> I don't mind walking into a dark hotel room. Yeah. So hasn't been a common practice on this trip where I've seen the lights on mm-hmm. I just discovered a heater today that's just the first I've turned the heater on and it's been cold the past few days mm. it's, it's this contraption it not work so I've seen it in a couple other rooms oh okay yeah nobody turns the heater on and there's no air conditioning in these places so I'm thinking yeah, I'm right. too high of an altitude that hot so yeah, I think maybe. Even though that place in Olentamba was Olentamba was a good example, I think overall, and again, you know, water bottles are a COVID-related thing in a lot of places, and mm. I think they're trying. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I especially also like the part where you said they had um, two waste baskets, one for organic and one for non-organic. Um, because I think that also conveys something. And I was chatting with a business uh, last week, I think, and they were saying, you know, even though they've got separate bins, they find it difficult to get people to put things in the right bin. And I get that. And also I still think it's worth trying. It's still good for people to see that there is this separation, that there is this care and to be thoughtful about their waste. So, um, yeah, I think that from the room to, you know, other front of house areas in a hotel uh, is great because often the tendency is to, you know, do all of that stuff behind the scenes and then you get the full story. Right. And I, I sent you that picture from the town Pichu and they had the three different receptacles and mm-hmm. yeah, just labeling them, I think, makes me aware so I have yes. this plastic bottle. What do I do with it? I have paper. What do I do with it? So mm-hmm. 
I saw it again today somewhere and I meant to take a picture for you and I'll find it again today, tomorrow. Yeah, cool. Labeling goes a long way. I love the organic gardens. I love the farming. Mm -hmm. You know, that to me reminds me of one of my favorite in Ubud that I stayed spots at the lodge. And they had like the farm out back. So you knew if you were having eggs Mm -hmm. for breakfast, it was because they're. So that always, it always pleases me. Yeah, same. Me too. It does. It's nice. And, and like, and then you know as well, again, with that organic wastebasket, that they're likely turning that into compost and then they're composting that onto the organic garden and it's circular right. and it's just lovely. Yeah. But that, the whole circular, we can probably talk an hour on that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. One other <laughs> big thing that things. happened. Last week for me, I know I mentioned before about I joined B Corp Academia and I was going to be on a committee and we had our first committee meeting, Global Engagements and Country Pilots Committee. Cool. What does that mean? I'm not exactly sure. Um, Cool. (laughs) I was the least, I'm pretty experienced in what I'm experienced in. But not in things like B Corp and B Labs and things like that. Mm -hmm. So everybody on the call, we had somebody from Mexico, somebody from Shanghai, Switzerland, Barcelona, Sydney, and me. And everybody was in academia where they were teaching about B Corps. And they had worked for B Corps since its inception. And it was just an amazing group. And I kind of had to apologize for my lack of experience, but since I'm finishing up my MBA, I have the most recent education experience that we're mm, going to pull from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I thought That's was great. really inspiring is I kept saying how well, we didn't learn this in class and we didn't learn that in class and there's not a lot of B Corps where I live. And they made it very clear this wasn't about getting more people signed up to be B Corps. Mm-hmm. It was okay. about overall life. Yeah, of this new sustainable economy. Yeah, and right. that's what they want to push. And I thought that was just great that that's what they want to do. So I think our goal is to get more universities involved globally and then start building off of each other, like the Shanghai woman that I would love to see happen in the United States. Mm, I think that's what I like about B Corp as well is – that it goes beyond just environmental sustainability. It's about like transparency and inclusivity and almost like the sustainable development goals. But then, you know, there's a real brand around it that shows that this like, because B Corp stands for Benefit Corp. And that's going to be really crucial going forward. So I'm going to wrap up this episode. We lost Kelly, unfortunately. The internet connection was not so strong. Thank you so much for joining us for the first season of Life, the World and Everything in Between, where Kelly and I have been chatting about what's going on in our different worlds. Uh, More recently, her travels around Peru, which has been thrilling, uh, and also our joint passion for sustainability. 
So we will be taking a small break now and come back later this month, October, with season two of more conversations about what's going on in our worlds and more conversations about sustainability. And we've got a lot of great topics in store, uh, as well as some continuation of themes we've touched on, like circularity, uh, shared economy, B Corps, uh, and other exciting things. So I'll look forward to seeing you again in a few weeks' time. Thank you and bye for now.